Working from home has created a whole new, often scary environment, especially for our children, who are also at home. How can you model the right things and make it easier for them? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change you want to see. This episode is brought to you by Shift Shaper Strategies. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. Clarify your message so you win more clients, crush your sales goals, and build your practice. Learn more at shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now, here's your host, StoryBrand Certified Guide and Chief Transformation Strategist at Shift Shaper Strategies, David Saltzman. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're going to kind of step out of our box a little bit. But it's, a, it's an issue that's exceptionally important, both for us and for our families. And now that we're all in this, everything is mushed together, work and family. There's some things we need to be thinking about as adults that maybe we're not quite keying in on. And so we invited Linda Chuper, who works with children. And you may be saying, okay, what does that got to do with the price of eggs in Portugal? How does this relate to me? Well, our children, especially the real little ones, are observing us in a whole new way and in a whole new environment. And there are a lot of things that we need to be cognizant of that we need to watch out for. And so we asked Linda to, to, to spend some time with us and talk about what some of those things are. And with that, welcome, Linda. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. So we're in a whole new world with a whole set of problems and, you know, the usual office stress that that maybe our kids and our spouses or our significant others don't see because we leave it at the office they're seeing. And I, I love one of the things that I know you talk to kids about are these dragon thoughts and grungies. And we don't want dragon thoughts and grungies. What are those? What's this environment like? And, and let's start talking about what it is that parents need to kind of keep in mind. Well, even though I work with children, I notice that when I work with children, it's a parent issue too, because the parents are the ones that are hiring me. And as I work with the children, you see a transformation, not just in the children, but in the parents, because the program I use, Adventures in Wisdom, has stories and and wonderful ways that kids can relate to more difficult issues that through their perspectives are more difficult to come up with terminology and how am I feeling and their emotions. So it uses stories. But what I notice is I have parents that come back to me and say, thank you. I've noticed I did this or I did that. So the same really issues you're dealing with as a children's life coach, if anybody has had adult life coaching, it's the same issues. So if people are blessed to learn these skills as children, look how much more empowered adults they would be. So when you ask about grungies and you ask about dragon thoughts, instead of saying to a child, how are you thinking? How are you feeling? A dragon thought is a negative thought. 
So it's much easier to say I'm feeling this negative thought and negative thoughts lead to emotions. Yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling in my stomach, um, butterflies. And so instead of having to say exactly the feelings and the emotions, which may be hard for even teenagers, because I work with teenagers too, the program can be modified up or down. You're using terminology and pictures and stories that kids can relate to. So dragon thoughts lead to grungy feelings. So if you're getting a negative feeling or an uh-oh feeling in your stomach, that's a negative feeling. And the thoughts, it's your thought process, how you're processing is causing that. So there's a lot of fear. I mean, for folks who have been used to just having an office environment, working with their team, they're not working at home. They're not in connection, you know, face-to-face with their team and all that stuff. And it creates fear and it creates stress. What are those behaviors look like and when we model them as adults and how do kids pick up on them and, and what do they do? How do they generally react? Well, most busy people out there and they have their jobs, you have a, a schedule, you have a plan, the kids go to different activities and suddenly you're home. You and perhaps you have two parents that are working, the kids are home, they're, should I digital learn, should I send them to school, the fear of COVID and this, a lot of these things are pre-COVID, a lot of the ways that kids are reacting to things. It's so prevalent, fear and anxiety, behavior disorders, all of these things, because kids don't know what to do with their emotions. So kids are really looking at their parent. They're looking at their teacher. How are they showing up right now? So through a child's eyes, when they're looking at a parent, and if a parent might not be even be aware of the fact that they are giving off this negative energy and fear, and it's okay to be afraid. We are human. We are afraid. But children's, the frontal lobes of children's brains are not fully closed, and they are looking through the eyes of children. They don't have the same critical thinking as parents have. So these children are looking to their role models. And if you might not be aware of the fact, but if you're stressed and I can't believe this, I'm being interrupted and all this anxiety, the kids are fighting. Your kids are watching you, and what they are doing is internalizing. 80% of our minds is subconscious. They are building stories. Everybody has stories, and everyone has is looking through life through really a lot of their subconscious, which is 80% of their thinking. So that 20% of the conscious thought, that is what we really need to be present on. So if you're scared, it's okay to discuss being afraid, but really discuss it with your child. You have to just take a lot of our fear comes from our self-conscious. We're worrying about the future based on how we perceive things in the past. And what we're missing is that middle, the present. So when your child is in the room, put on a smile, take a deep breath, and, and try to be, it's hard, but try to be positive. If you start your day positive and they start their day positive, then it sets the tone for a positive day. Is it possible to use this situation, which is maybe on its face not so good, for good? That is, is it possible to to take all of this crazy that's happening and turn it into lessons for your children about resiliency? Absolutely. Because again, they're looking at you. If you wake up in the morning, what I love about Adventures in Wisdom, when I'm certified as a, a children's life coach, is it's using stories. So again, they're taking, it's 27 skills and, and plus more. And so you're using exactly a lot of the fear and stuff. What do you do? And so with parents, like we have 
what's the brain I always tell my kids is like a computer and it has all these chips in it. And when you are being positive, you're building neural pathways that are positive connections in your brain. And if you are being negative, you are building negative. So if you as a parent, you look up, you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror and you say, hi, good morning. I'm going to visualize having a great day. Maybe I don't feel that way, but I'm going to tell my brain because my brain listens to me and my brain goes wherever I want it to go. So if you bring a happy face, it's called power goggles in my paradigm. If you're putting on those power goggles in the morning and you're looking in the mirror and you're saying, good morning, sunshine, and you're visualizing the positives of your day, that is going to go through to your children. So again, let your child have a little mirror. Have your child have positive affirmations and visualization. And their day, they're going to build the positive neural pathways to have a good day. Is there a way to give kids, I know for lack of a better word, power in this situation? Absolutely. Again, one thing that's a thing to do is discuss it. Discuss the fear. Give the fear a name. A nice thing to do I like to do is let them journal. A little kid can draw pictures. An older children, a child can write. But write down the fears. Make a picture of the fears. I did a great lesson with some little ones, um, really five to eight-year-olds, that we they made a picture of the corona monster. So they gave the monster a name. Its name was Corona. They drew it. And then we talked about what you can do to conquer the Corona monster in a good way. And also, since if you're putting it in a journal, you can put a box around it. You can exit. You could erase your picture. So you are in control. The whole thing is about being out of control and being more like a victim that your world is is controlling you or you take charge and you put on those power goggles and then you take charge. So it's kind of how you're showing up. And so I think the more parents show these resiliency skills for themselves, the more it goes to their children. The counter of doing a worry journal, if you want to call it, where they're putting worry, is a gratitude journal. If you are thinking about what you are happy about and what you can control and the good things in your life, like I always say, it's something called power shifting. If you are in a negative place and you kind of change the channel to go to a more powerful place, visualize power, then you are going to teach your children how to power shift in other situations that go through life. That's going into their subconscious. And now a word from our sponsor. It's a fact. Salespeople and organizations lose opportunities because they don't clearly communicate their value. In today's market, your story is your message. It should be crystal clear, perfectly arranged, and precisely targeted to attract the clients you want. As a certified story brand guide, we use the exclusive SB7 process to create that story and the websites and collateral that deliver it. If your message isn't cutting through the noise, we can help. Visit us at shiftshaperstrategies.com to learn how we can help you find, clarify, and deliver a message that wins clients, crushes sales goals, and builds your practice. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. So learn more and schedule that call today at shiftshaperstrategies.com. That's shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now, back to our discussion. How important is it as parents to shape our stories? And, and maybe can you give us an example or two? 
Well, again, I think that if you look at something and you're talking about if, a lot of times we look at if, if I am, if this would happen, then this would happen. Like I can't be happy. If I lose 10 pounds, I'm going to be happy. And then you lose 10 pounds and you're not because that isn't the issue. So I think with kids, you just said they're very concrete learners. And I think that kids just have to, they have to learn to look at their world and look at what's out there. We all are given curveballs and we're all given things. This, and I think with the skills they have, again, I'm feeling grungy. I'm feeling, I'm having all these negative thinking thoughts. Then let me power shift and let me find something that I am in control with. And I think it's a whole idea of being in control and out of control. We also, a lot of us think that our kids are more resilient because they bomb from thing to thing to thing to thing. But we need to worry about what goes on behind that outward behavior of resiliency, don't we? It's really a a lot about what they internalize. It's totally, as I said, all the, everything that's happened since childhood to them, and they're little people, their story might be uh, five years old or 10 years old, but all the things that are happening, like the whole COVID thing and all the news that's scary and all this stuff is definitely going into their subconscious minds, 80%. And so basically that, 20% that has to be very aware and cognizant of what's happening. If they're given the skills to look at that and, and you're bringing up those negative thoughts and you know how to power shift to have more power thoughts, then that's going into their psyche too, because they're building these neurons that are more positive. And the more you think positive, the more that's going into your building. It's almost like you're building rules and stuff. You're building um, a way of thinking and it's a pattern, and you want to have a positive pattern rather than a negative pattern. All this is going into their psyche, and again, they don't have the critical thinking like you as an adult has. So giving them these skills as children, what do you do with it? It's not going to be internalized and and cause all this fear and not sleeping and headaches. It's going to be proactive. It's giving them power what they can control. Well, speaking of that, I mean, a a lot of us who are running businesses from home now are getting caught up in all the normal crazy that is running a business. What behaviors do parents need to look for and be aware of in their children to kind of maybe say, hey, I think there's a problem happening. I think that's a great question, and I appreciate you bringing that up. When I do the stories and I do the activities with the kids and they're learning these new skills, then what they need to do is they need to look to see how their children are talking to them. One of the stories is called Being Your Own BFF. You would not talk to your best friend in a way that you might self-talk to yourself. So it's very, very important for parents to listen. How are they talking to themselves? What are they saying to each other? If, if a child's really negative, child's talking about fear and are talking about all these things, parents, that's the time where parents have to kind of take the child aside side and really let's turn let's see what we have control over let's see what did you do great today like at the end of the day talk to your child what was something that happened that you were happy about today it's really really important to to listen to your children and really that self-talk if they're playing if they're playing with dolls if they're playing with other children how are they showing up and it's so important that you listen to what your children are saying One of the things that we don't often like to talk about, but perhaps we should, I mean, I know the national suicide rate is going up and up and up and up, and maybe this applies to adolescent children more than the real young ones, but are there things that parents need to watch out for particular behaviors, whether they're how they're speaking or just 
other behaviors that maybe aren't verbal? Absolutely. I think statistic-wise, it's like something like 25% of children ages 13 to 18 experience anxiety disorders. And it's something like um, 1 in 10 is diagnosed, is clinically depressed. This is worldwide by the time they're hit at uh, adulthood. So when we're looking at a society that has so much stress in it and and so much unhappiness and stuff, I think it's so important to, as I said before, listen to your children, listen to what they're saying, and actually talk to them. I think one of the biggest things is make eye contact. Stop what you're doing. I know you're so busy, but these your children are your life. They're your blessings. You want them to be happy. So I think it's really important to like come off the maybe the job roller coaster a little bit and take some time. Things like even family dinners and discussing the day and even making a vision board is really important. Like think of things that are going to make you happy. Um, we really need to bring kids back to just being really aware of their blessings, gratitude, what they're happy with. So, and, and I know like peer pressure and bullying are such big things. This goes outside of the home a little bit, but you have to really be aware of seeing role playing is important too. If a child is really scared, set up a plan, discuss it in advance. So they're visualizing themselves, um, conquering what's the issue here and what they need to conquer. It's those resiliency skills. We've got a few minutes left. One of the things that I think is also different in the environment of most families right now, at least in a lot of locales, is that parents are also in teacher mode and they're not trained for this. Are there some things that parents need to be aware of when they're in teacher mode so that they have a a more successful and more fulfilling experience rather than freaking out their kids? Well, I am a 30-year veteran teacher, so I have been a teacher and loving it. I've been an advocate for kids for a long time. And I think with the whole digital learning, it's just such a hard thing. One, I think kids are on technology much too much today. So when they do finish their digital, it's a good idea to have them have exercise. That's another thing for feeling good. The more you can get those end doors up and you can get them jumping around in between their digital learning. There's some great YouTube videos. My class used to love free dance and freeze things. And there's all kinds of things that you can tap into. So it's really important to get the kids off all of the um, technology. And as a teacher mode, which is very stressful, I think what parents have to do is really not just put them on and expect the kids to be able to do things themselves because they really can't just read a passage and get what a parent would get out of it. So you do have to take some time and go through the stuff and have it come alive a little bit. I know parents aren't teachers, but I think if you would take some time to sit with your child, even if you're not doing the digital work with them, get a book, read it. Reading is so important. Build vocabulary, read, and then ask them questions. If you're doing, if they're doing something around the house, let them bake with you. You're doing math. So you can take the learning from the computer even if you're not a teacher, and you can bring it to life by using the real world. And I think, again, if you're cognitive, uh, math is math. It's all around us. Give them money. Let them count it. Let them sort clothes. I mean, there's so many things you can do without having a teaching degree that's going to bring learning to life. Yes, they want to get grades on digital, but you want learning should be real world. That's how kids learn. Last question. There will be an after covid even though some days it doesn't maybe seem like that. Are there risks for our kids as we get into that immediate post-COVID? Is there a lot of pent-up stuff that's going to create problems? What, what, what should we look for? 
Well, again, I think all the stresses that are in, it's 100% because in their subconscious, everything they're seeing is going in there. So I think, again, after COVID, and please, God, it comes quickly. Um, after COVID, I think a lot of the pain and a lot of the fear, and even I think from an educational point of view, kids haven't had social skills. I think that you just have to be really cognizant of a parent. Again, take that conscious mind and really look at the situation. And again, listen to your children and you kind of have to guide them because this is uncharted territory. So you as a parent, as, as an adult who has critical thinking is going through this with your kids, even after COVID, they had anxiety issues and the statistics that I said earlier about anxiety disorders was all pre-COVID. So can you imagine post-COVID? COVID is now part of everyone's story. It's about who we are and where we're going to go in the future. So let your kids actually embrace COVID in a way. Let him look back at it as a time where I had resiliency and look what I was able to accomplish rather than, oh my gosh, this was the worst thing in the world. So they're bringing positive into it. When you can um, solve a problem in a positive way, then that brings up resiliency. And resiliency is what we all need even more than ever these days. Linda Chuper, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our audience. We will certainly link to, to Linda's email and whatnot in the show notes at shiftshapersonline.com. Linda, thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Shift Shaper Strategies and may not be reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without our express written permission. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. 